Well, from one Super Bowl to the next we go as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers knock off the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9 and probably the most surprising outcome I can remember um, maybe since Seattle blew out Denver seven or eight years ago. Not surprised that Tampa Bay won. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, as we know. But, I mean, the fact of the way that they did it, their defensive scheme was unbelievable. They s slowed down the high-powered offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. That was the shocking part of it, was just the fact that Kansas City didn't score a touchdown in the entire game. You're listening to the Tone of the Podcast, as always, brought to you by Kyle at Caliber Home Loans. It's go time. And if you are looking to refinance your home, Kyle is the guy for you. Kyle at Caliber Home Loan, 317-680-6306. If you own a home, this may be your last chance to refinance at all-time lows. Rates beginning to move higher, potentially a sign of things to come in 2021. Again, contact Kyle at 317-680-6306. You know... Tom Brady is obviously the greatest of all time, but I just didn't expect a, a, a thumping like that. I, I thought it would be a close game. It would be a high-powered game. And, you know, Tampa Bay showed up in their home field, and, and Kansas City certainly did it. Whether you want to blame Mahomes, I mean, I thought Mahomes had an okay game, despite the fact, you know, his foot was killing him. It's not his fault Travis Kelsey. Guys were just dropping passes, and he just really could never get a rhythm going. Um, I think I kind of stirred up the pot a little bit. One, you know, I didn't hate the halftime show. I thought that the weekend could have had a little bit more energy, and I was kind of checked out of the music part of it once he played like the two or three songs that I knew. Uh, not not my favorite, but 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 not awful by by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I don't know why those guys are wearing underwear on their heads, um, but you know we knew that would be a meme for the rest of the of the year of 2021. So uh, there that is. Um, and then I stirred up the pot a little bit and said, why don't we stop the Indy 500 on lap 101 and put Lady Gaga out there in concert? Part of that was in jest, but part of me, and, and it would only be this year because not everybody is going to be in the stands. And if they do allow 50% fans at the Indianapolis 500, like I think that they will, how many of those 50% season ticket holders are going to come? So does that number become a little bit lower? So if this is another made-for-TV event, I mean, the ratings on last year's 500 were not good. And the racing over the last three or four years, honestly, I know you're going to call me crazy and say, oh, well, bleh. But, I mean, the racing hasn't been that good. I mean, up front, has, I mean, power dominated, Pagano dominated. And it was, I mean, you knew going into the race last year, it was either going to be Rossi, Dixon, or Sato. Those are the only three that really had a chance. Dixon dominated. Sato got him, what, with about... 15, 20 laps to go, and, and that was it. Um, so if this is going to be a TV event again, and you're looking at outside the box, look, it doesn't have to be Lady Gaga. I mean, it could be Foo Fighters. It could be Metallica. Why not have a little intermission, 20 minutes? I mean, you could do it before the race, too. I mean, kind of, it was just thinking outside of the box when it when it came to, uh, you know, with the halftime theme of what we saw at Super Bowl last night. So, um, yeah, there was that. I know people didn't really like that, but look, um, IndyCar needs to start doing a lot better of getting better ratings, making the racing better, which I think they're working on, and getting newer eyes on the sport instead of, you know, the same old 50-, 60-, 70-year-old dudes that don't want any kind of change and don't want to look ahead of the future because they're not going to be part of that future. So um, with that being said, it was just kind of an outside-the-box thinking. I know a lot of people didn't really like it necessarily, but it is what it is. 
FlooringIsForever.com, 317-755-1246. If you're looking for high-quality flooring with a lifetime warranty, 100% kit-proof, waterproof, and pet-proof, Cortec flooring is the way to go with beautiful options from wood to tile looks. A built-in cork backing creates an extra layer of insulation, easy to clean and won't stain. Get a hold of my guy Harley today, 317-755-1246. Refinance your home and save some money, and then uh, maybe take that money that you saved and give Harley a call. Let him redo your home to make it as beautiful as it was the day you walked in. All right, from one Super Bowl to the next, we now turn the page to the Daytona 500 coming up on Sunday. Uh, Speed Weeks, so to speak, kicks off on Tuesday night with the Bush Clash on the road course. Wednesday night, qualifying for the Daytona 500. Thursday night, the duels. Friday night, trucks. Saturday, you got ARCA and Xfinity. And on Sunday, obviously, the Daytona 500. A lot of different drivers in different places. And from Fox Sports and FS1's coverage, joining us now is Adam Alexander. Adam, thanks for your time, buddy. How are you? Great to be with you, Tony. Well, we got to start with the Bush Clash. Obviously different, you know, than what we've seen in the past with the road course. Your expectations for this event and then... There's a lot to be learned knowing that week two of the NASCAR season, you're right back on the same track. I think that's the big thing is what you can learn in Tuesday night's clash that will transfer to next weekend's race when we're doing it for real, a, a points event and race number two the weekend after the Daytona 500. And those 21 drivers that have a chance to experience that track uh, in the clash will have a decided advantage once we fast forward to 10, 11 days. So there's no question about it. That's going to be the big headline. And when it comes to favorites, really, if you look the last couple of years, there's been one guy that's dominated, and that's Chase Elliott. But I, I think there are two people that you really have to keep an eye on. Not only Chase Elliott, who's been so good at road courses and has won four in, in a row, but also Martin Truex Jr. Martin is a, is a tremendous road racer. He's with an organization in Joe Gibbs that just has a history of, of finding their way. And, and so I would anticipate those will be the two front runners. Coming up qualifying on Wednesday night, the front row will be set before the duels. Kind of hard to diagnose without seeing any cars on track quite yet. But the favorites, as always, Denny Hamlin going for three in a row. Ryan Blaney seems to always be there at the end. Um, what are your expectations for qualifying on that front row? I mean, I, don't, I know you don't want to get into maybe some of the, the, the headline type news. That would be possibly Bubba Wallace, maybe even Kyle Larson. But, but just to narrow it down, who will you have your eyes on when the attention turns to the Oval come Wednesday? I think it will be Kyle Larson. And the reason I say that is not only is he going to be a headline in the early portion of the season coming back after his suspension at the end of 2020, but I also believe he's a front runner for the poll because when you look at recent years and the results from qualifying the front row has been owned by Hendrick Motorsports a couple of years ago they qualified in the front four positions of course we'll just lock in the front row in single car qualifying on Wednesday night and the rest of the field will be set via the dual races on Thursday but I, I do believe that Kyle Larson is someone you have to keep an eye on his Hendrick teammates you know certainly Chase Elliott who's the the reigning champion and will have plenty of speed and then you, you look at those drivers from Team Penske. You mentioned Ryan Blaney. Brad Keselowski is, is the active wins leader when it comes to Daytona and, and Talladega. He's never won the Daytona 500. Uh, I, would, I would guess uh, Team Penske will be an organization to keep an eye on as well. You mentioned Brad Keselowski and, and, and the accomplishments that he has. And I also 
bring to mind Kyle Busch, you know, a guy who's accomplished everything in the sport. But kind of like we saw with Dale Earnhardt for so long, you've done everything, but that one win eludes you. Out of Brad Keselowski and Kyle Busch coming up on Sunday, uh, who do you think has a better chance to go to victory lane for the first time in the 500? You could really draw them out of a hat. I would say it's truly a, a 50-50 proposition just because of how good those two drivers are, regardless of, of what style of racing. And when you look at the teammates that they have around them to utilize as drafting partners and just their overall ability to deliver in the big moment. Those are two drivers that are always going to be a player, and no doubt they will be uh, throughout the week, regardless of what race we're running. If I had to go one direction, though, right now, just because of what he's accomplished at the the restrictor plate, the super speedway races, I would say Brad Keselowski would get the nod, Mm -hmm. maybe by just a smidge, but, but let's face it. We're really splitting hairs when you put those two in any category and you talk about who's got a, the best chance to go out and get it done. Adam Alexander from Fox coverage of Daytona Speed Weeks joins us. We've got a lot of new drivers, new places. Christopher Bell to the 20, obviously Bubba, Walla, Bubba Wallace with the new ride owned by Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, Chase Briscoe, um, Kyle Larson, as you mentioned, out of those guys that are going to have a new seat, who do you expect to be up front the most? Larson would be my number one, and a lot of that comes from the fact that I I do believe he's really, really hungry coming off of that suspension. Feels like he's got something to prove, and and his talent level goes without saying, and and I would put him right at the top. Not too far behind him is Christopher Bell. I I look at Bell, who, who late last year finished strong with Levine Family Racing, and even though there was a partnership with Joe Gibbs, I just don't think he was anywhere close to what he's going to be capable of when he's driving that 20 car full time. And you mm-hmm. add to that, his crew chief is going to be Adam Stevens, who has worked with Kyle Busch and enjoyed so much success at both the cup and Xfinity levels. That, that, that to me is going to be a real formidable pair as we go throughout 2021. After Bell, I, I do like Chase Briscoe and what he brings to the table. And a real sleeper to me is Daniel Suarez and Trackhouse Racing. Not mm-hmm. many people know a lot about that organization. They're going to be Chevrolet. They've partnered up with Richard Childress. Justin Marks is someone just really a sharp businessman, understands racing. I think if you're looking for an underdog of the new faces in new places, keep an eye on Suarez and that organization. Adam Alexander with us. He's got the call of the Xfinity race down at Daytona coming up on Saturday. I believe Tony Stewart will be in the booth with you. Give us a little preview of what to expect. That race always comes down to, to, the, to the end. And a lot of times we see guys that aren't normally up towards the front every week uh, challenging for a victory. There, there's no question that we could see a surprise on Saturday. Having said that, I do feel like it's another Indiana guy that has established himself as a favorite, the last three trips we've made to either Daytona or Talladega, Justin Haley from Winnemac, Indiana, has been the guy that, that, that has carried the field and, and been out front. In fact, all three of his wins in Xfinity competition have come in the restrictor plate format. So there's little question that, that he will be the main front runner, at least as we head to the weekend before we see these cars on track and don't know how to handicap based on what we've seen in practice. You, you put... Haley at the top. I think he's got a good new teammate and Jeb Burton and A.J. Allmendinger. That, that threesome will be really good. 
Harrison Burton is someone who finished 2020 strong. His his rookie campaign looked really good at Daytona a year ago. I like the veterans, though, and, and with that, I look at a, a Justin Allgaier as someone who could go out and get it done, Noah Gregson, who was able to, to win this race a season ago. Those are the few of the names that um, that I'll be looking at. Give me a winner for the Daytona 500 on Sunday and a dark horse who may be flying under the radar. I always go uh, Michael McDowell to finish in the top five because it always seems like the, the front row motorsports teams can be there at the end if they stay clean. And Michael's one of those guys that normally, whether it's luck or skill, probably a little bit of a mix of both gets to the end. But give me a winner and some guy that, that might be knocking on the door to maybe surprise some folks on Sunday. Michael is a sleeper. I would agree with you on that. And uh, he, he is someone to, to keep an eye on as we head to the weekend because he has a run of top 10 finishes at Daytona and Talladega in recent years. My number one pick would be Chase Elliott. You look at the, the run this guy has been on uh, dating to last year, winning three of the last five, including elimination races, back against the wall, has to start in the rear, wins the championship at Phoenix. The time is right for him, and he's a pretty good plate racer. I talked earlier about the speed of those Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolets. I know it's a cliched pick to pick the sport's most popular driver and the reigning champ, but I do believe the momentum carries over, so my pick would be Chase Elliott. And then a dark horse would be Tyler Reddick. Uh, Reddick in his mm-hmm. second year at Richard Childress Racing. Those cars will be fast. He's won at Daytona in both the truck and Xfinity Series. Reddick is someone that would be my dark horse for the Daytona 500. Real quick, Adam, before I let you go, you mentioned Chase Elliott. Obviously, you bring on a superstar talent in Kyle Larson. It, it seemed maybe over the last couple of years that Hendricks Motorsports was a little bit down compared to what the standard that, that, that they laid down over the last, let's call it, three decades. Um, but how good is this group of drivers that Hendrick Motorsports is going to put out there this year? It's pretty special. And William Byron got his first career win in the regular season finale at Daytona to advance into the playoffs. And he's got a new crew chief. And, and I know there's tremendous optimism, although there's some pressure there as well. But William is someone uh, that, that is turning a corner in his career. Alex Bowman makes the transition from the number 88 to the 48, and and I think we've seen the last couple of years what he's capable of. The youngest organization by average age in the garage is Hendrick Motorsports. Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, William Byron, average age of 26, and I think all four of those drivers will make the playoffs in 2021. Adam Alexander, he's got you covered down in Daytona, Fox Sports 1, Fox coverage of Daytona Speed. I guess it is speed weeks because we get to come back the following weekend for the road course. Hey, thanks so much for your time, and uh, maybe we'll do this again throughout the season. Anytime. It's uh, good to be on with you, Tony. Big thanks to Adam Alexander there from Fox Sports and Fox Sports 1's coverage. Race Hub all week. Um, So tomorrow night you've got the Bush Clash. He took Chase Elliott, which is obviously uh, the sexy pick because he's been so good on road courses in the NASCAR Cup Series as of late. Um, I'm going to go Alex Bowman. I'm going to just go out on the limb and, and, and give me Alex Bowman in a, in a, in a beating and banging finish on the road course. As far as the front row goes, I think you're going to see Kyle Larson. I think Kyle Larson's going to be on the front row, then possibly maybe a Bubba Wallace because we know that NASCAR loves those storylines, or maybe even Ryan Newman uh, coming back from the injuries sustained in last year's A2500 where he was leading coming off corner number four um, and then wound up at the Halifax Hospital there in Daytona. So give me Kyle Larson for sure on the front row. The duels should be fun. Looking forward to that. And we'll come back on Friday, talk a little IU hoops, a little Pacers, 
and I will give you my Daytona 500 predictions, and maybe we'll even see if we can uh, call up one of the old producers from the, the radio days. David Deering will be down in Daytona as well. Thanks for listening. As always, please support my sponsors, Kyle at Caliber Home Loans and Harley at Flooring is Forever online. You can check them out. Check them out on my Twitter at Indy underscore Donahue as well as on my Facebook and Instagram. Thanks as always always for listening. Thanks to the sponsors and have a great rest of your week and stay warm.